what would you say if I said that I could bring him back? I guess I'd say I never thought of that. Well, all right, hold tight. You might want to stand back because one small John is coming intact. St. John forward, spitting out some more words, fully intact. Jacked, ready to rap and attack. Small John on your lawn, living like a gnome. Hit you with my lyrics like a bullet to your dome. The night when he comes up here, he's either going to kill or he's going to suck. But there's no in between for Mr. John Forward. Welcome to St. John Forward Radio. I'm your host, John Forward, broadcasting live every Monday night from 9 till 10 o'clock here on Local 107.3 FM. I would, you know what? I would suspect a very small percentage of my small amount of listeners is listening on the radio. I have no idea. There's no ratings for radio, or there is, but from what I understand of them, they're calculated in a weird way. Anyway, this is the show. You might be watching it on Facebook or YouTube, or you might be listening on Podbean. But anyway, this is a show. I talk about stuff. I'm uh, also a, a stand-up comedian um, who hasn't done stand-up comedy in nearly a month. So I'm uh, I'm raring to go. Uh, I've got a you know just the last month has been uh, has been a little busy. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, yeah, I haven't done a show since uh, the last No Jokes Bard was on uh, was on July twenty first. I haven't done comedy since then. Um, there was a, you know, I talked into a microphone at a wedding on on the thirtieth. I don't think that counts. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, No Jokes Bard returning. This Thursday, that's in three days from now, if you're listening live at uh, McGill's on the lovely St. John Boardwalk, um, show's going to start at 8. It'll be over by 10, so you can get uh, get home and get to bed, because it's a work-slash-school-slash-who-knows-what-you're-doing-the-next-day. Uh, uh, but anyway, that's, uh, that's happening. Normally, again, uh, another Thursday show, which the last one went uh, went pretty good. For me, I prefer to have the Saturday show just because I've got more time to uh, to prepare what I'm going to talk about. And also, I like to hang out and have some drinks afterwards, which I'm not going to be doing on a Thursday because I've got to work on Friday morning. But anyway, can't have it on this Saturday the 20th because I'm attending my first gay wedding and uh, looking forward to it. Um, my good friend Craig getting married to uh, his... Uh, it's not a really a good friend, I suppose. That was going to be like the the mirror image of it. His, uh, I presume, best friend and lover, Chris. So congratulations to Craig and Chris. I'm looking forward to going down to uh, to Nova Scotia for that. Um, as far as uh, stand up comedy, the uh, the pub down under, which was uh, previously uh, an open mic run by uh, guest former guest on the show Shane Ogden. Um, he has, uh, hung it up and left it in the capable hands of Matt Keenan and John Nesbitt. It is being, uh, rebranded, uh, Titters, Titters Comedy. Um, so that's happening at the pub down under Uptown on, uh, August 23rd. I'll be on that show. 
And then uh, on August 24th, the Wednesday, next Wednesday, I think I'm on the lineup for the uh, for the five and dime. I'll have to double check that. I'm pretty sure I was on the list. But anyway, check that out. And then I don't know what I've got coming up after that. Besides the next No Jokes Bard show, which has no date. Um, not much of an eventful week. Uh, last week, I was just getting back from uh, from these United States of America. Unlike my last trip to uh, to the States, I do not appear to have uh, caught the American COVID this time. So fingers crossed for that. Um, what else? Yeah, didn't uh, didn't do a whole lot. Watched uh, watched the new Predator movie called Prey this weekend. It was all right. Uh, went to uh, went to a show at uh, at McGill's. Um, this was put on by uh, by my good friend Kalen, who uh, who has the Pagan Place podcast. Uh, former uh, podcast co-host of mine from back in the day. Uh, this is the second show that he's uh, he's promoted under the kind of Pagan Place uh, branding. Uh, the last one, uh, I don't remember how long ago that was, but, uh, I remember having a grand old time. It was the, it was the first time getting to, uh, you know, go to like a bar band show with an audience. It was kind of a cool thing. And, you know, this past one trying to capture that lightning again, a little bit less exciting, but you know, I got to run and I got to, uh, to talk to some, uh, some friends I haven't seen in a little while. Um, but, uh, music, not necessarily, uh, my, my cup of tea, but I enjoyed myself and, uh, it was a fun show. So, uh, anyway, I, you know what, actually, now that I think about it, there was music aside, it was a really weird situation. Um, if, if you, if you, if you know me in, uh, in the real life, I'm not, uh, I'm not a gigantic man. I'm like five seven and change, uh, shorter than average. Um, at this show at McGill's, it was really weird. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of short kings in the house. A lot of my, a lot of my vertically challenged brothers. Um, it was there was like I'm looking around the room and I don't really have a good sense of it. It's hard to just eyeball it, but like there seemed to be like five guys that were not like shorter than me or roughly around the same height that were a little bit higher. I think I might've been in the, I wasn't like the tallest person there, but I think I was in the upper half. So it was a weird situation to, uh, as a, as a diminutive, that's not the right pronunciation for that word. Um, for a tiny man felt, felt nice to feel like a big man for, uh, for just a few hours. So anyway, Shout out to that. Uh, they also have like a little stage that they set up. That's it's like a foot or two off the ground. Um, apparently owned by McGill's. I don't know if it's worth the fuss of setting it up on a comedy show or if we should just set up, keep setting up the microphone on the floor. I don't know. Seems like a lot of fuss, but maybe that's something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, uh, I posted a picture on my Instagram. I made some some dirty pins from a from a dirty comic joke book that I found somewhere at like a pawn shop or something. Anyway, that was that was a fun little project. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of shameless uh, thing, but maybe I'll sell some of those at No Jokes Bart if anybody wants to buy them. But 
that's not what today's show's about now that I've got all the plugs and I've told you that I was not the shortest person in the room. Um, we've, we've got to get back into the hard hitting news. Um, I, I saw, I don't know where this came up. I, I, I just kind of, I have an ongoing bunch of, uh, what do I have? I've got like 22 articles open up in tabs on my, uh, my cellular telephone. Now, some of these are video game walkthroughs. Um, and you know, that kind of, I've got my binding of Isaac resource on here. That's one of them. But, uh, I, I've had this, uh, this article in my, in my queue for, uh, for, I guess since August 12th, that's only a couple of days ago. Uh, the tyranny of Justin Trudeau has finally been exposed and by two Brits, no less. So this, uh, this article is be- behind a-, a paywall, so I couldn't read that actual article. is written by Rupa Subramanyana. Sub- Subramanya. I'm not sure how to pronounce that correctly, but, um, anyway. I, uh, I was, I was looking for that. That appears to be a follow-up article to, uh, there was a, a blog post that she put up on, uh, on Barry Weiss. Uh, American journalist. She's got a Substack, and so- sometimes these people with uh, with big Substack accounts, which you can look up what Substack is if you don't know what it is. Um, basically, like a self publishing kind of a Patreon, only for written articles. Um, some of it's free. Some people charge a subscription. Um, there, there's been a handful of uh, of journalists that have kind of. Uh, shedded the constraints of their uh, corporate overlords and uh they've decided to go and and do this thing where they can kind of you know make make stuff directly for their audience and you know there's there's hand wringing all over the internet about the whole concept but anyway uh rupa uh p- wrote uh, a blog so anyway uh some of these bigger substacks They'll have like a guest article by by somebody. So Barry Weiss uh, put up this uh, uh, Rupa Subramanya uh, Manya. I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, she uh, she had a blog post, and the title of it was "Court Documents Reveal Canada's Travel Ban Had No Scientific Basis." And then like the the subtitle. In the days leading up to the mandate, transportation officials were frantically looking for rationale for it. They came up short. So um, we're not going to talk about that actual article. I uh, I, I read it, and I'm going to give you some of the bullet points after the break. But uh, primarily, when I was looking for kind of a way to get around the paywall for that uh, that other article from the uh, from the Telegraph. Um, I prominently displayed in the Google, it was much easier to find this article than it was to find the actual article. Um, you can, uh, if you want to follow along, you can pull up, uh, this, uh, article. It's a fact checking thing. Uh, the title is right wing sources are spreading misinformation about a court battle over Canada's vaccine mandates. So, uh, we're, we're going to, uh, we're going to pull that up and, uh, finally put an end to misinformation hopefully we can take care of that tonight on the show um but for now a song i tried to play last week but we had technical difficulties uh this was uh 
on my uh, from my from my walk home uh, from the concert in Bangor last week. There's a bit more context to uh, you know what what was on my mind while I was listening to this. So anyway, this is a good companion piece if you want to go back and listen to last week's episode. Um, I, I, I just, I want to assure everyone that, you know, no matter what implications anybody may have made on this show on past weeks, I just want to tell all the kids out there, stay in school, but, uh, everyone else and the kids, I guess you can listen to this song too. I'll let you, it's, it's got an E for explicit. So I think there might be some swear words in this, but, uh, day and night by Kid Cudi on St. John Forward Radio, and then we're going to end misinformation once and for all. Day and night, I toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind. I look for peace, but see I don't attain. What I need for keeps this silly game we play, play. Now look at this. Madness the magnet keeps attracting me, me. I try to run, but see I'm not that fast. I think first, but surely finish last, last. Cause day and night, the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone through the day and night. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night, at night. Day and night, the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone, some things will never change. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night, at night. Hold the phone. The lonely stoner, Mr. Solo Dolo He's on the move, can't seem to shake the shade Within his dreams, he sees the life he made Made The pain is deep A silent sleeper, you won't hear a peep peep. The girl he wants don't seem to want him to It seems the feelings that she had her through Through Cause day and night the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night He's all alone through the day and night The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night At night Day and night The lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night He's all alone, some things will never change The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night Play Pat, what up? Slow-mo when the temple slows up and creates that new, new He seems alive though he is feeling blue The sun is shining, man, he's super cool, cool. The lonely nights They fade away, he slips into his white nights He smokes a clip and then he's on the way to free his mind and searcher, to free his mind and searcher, to free his mind and searcher. Day and night, the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone through the day and night. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. At night, day and night, the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone, some things will never change. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. At night, night, night. Welcome back to St. John Forward Radio. A little bit of Kid Cudi, good Bangor walking music after meditation. Um, so we're back on uh, St. John Forward Radio. So just to, to catch you up, we're starting off. Well, first off, 
let's uh let's go into the vortex for a second oh uh, wait until uh until i can pull up the uh the correct scene what is going on here hang on all right so anyway this is the uh the article that we're going to use as our jumping off point this is from august 2nd so court documents reveal canada's travel ban had no scientific basis um so so anyway so just uh this this is talking about how uh you know the unvaccinated the filthy anti-vaxxers were uh Basically, this is about the the vaccine mandate for that. So anybody that wasn't vaccinated was not allowed to be on a plane or a train uh, in most of the country. I think uh, we're not allowed to uh, to travel between provinces or leave the country. Um, I still uh, some stuff was dropped back in June. I don't know if that's the case or not. I still had to use the Arrive Can app to come back into Canada. Which uh, I've seen many articles about how that thing's got to go. Maybe that's a topic for another day. Um, so anyway, this is uh, this is talking about our vaccine mandate for that. You need to show proof of vaccination to do all this stuff. Um, talks about how. Where is it? According to uh, to something or other, the Canadian Medical Association observed that Canada had among the most sustained stringent policies regarding restrictions on internal movement. Um, and uh, so, for some context, this uh, this mandate was uh, was called right before our last federal election. The article makes the claim that you know that was this whole policy was a political move and that it wasn't based on uh, on science and it was to help get some seats in the election um and uh, apparently this has all come out because there's a couple of uh, of canadians that uh, that have sued the government because of uh you know problems i'm not going to get into get bogged down in the details of of that but there's a couple of people that uh you know are seeking damages for various uh, fallout from uh, from this vaccine mandate and apparently uh, they they tried to dismiss this uh, this trial um, and also the van the mandate was uh, kind of suddenly um, ended back in June which uh, made the whole thing moot which I mean the article kind of implies that maybe it was dropped specifically for that so that um so that you know these these people as part of the lawsuit um required you know some uh documents to have access to publicly that kind of went into the rationale for the for the vaccine mandates and all this stuff so anyway the article is making the claim that in the context of because of this lawsuit all these documents were released and here's some some fun tidbits from it um, so, uh, Rupa, among other things, the big claims were, uh, one of them was that the, uh, the people making the decisions, which is apparently a, uh, a department called the COVID recovery unit. They're, uh, they're a department within transport, transportation Canada or transport Canada. Uh, Rupa makes the claim that, uh, none of these people had any background in epidemiology, medicine, or public health. Um, she, uh, she shared some emails, um, that she quoted back and forth. Maybe this is taken out of context, but the way that I read it, it, it looks like 
emails back and forth between government people basically saying, hey, we've got this mandate coming up. How uh, how are we doing on uh, the evidence that supports it? Where uh, we kind of need something to sell this. That's that's the vibe that I get from the uh, selections of the emails that were made in this art in this uh, blog post. Um, she also this is I'm only bringing this up because it comes up again in the in the fact check, but um, claims that uh, that this COVID recovery unit has no website. And uh, is barely mentioned in any kind of government uh, write-ups or anything like that. So there wasn't really any, I mean, there's some stuff in there that like the emails is pretty, seems pretty clear um, from the context that it's prevented at least. But uh, reading this, there wasn't really any big like smoking gun that I'm like, aha, aside from, you know, reality. Um, just, and you know, my biases when I look at this court documents reveal Canada's travel ban had no scientific basis before I even saw this. If you asked me, Hey, John forward, do you think any of these mandates had a scientific basis or was it all politics? I think, you know, what my answer would have been. Um, and you know, as all of these restrictions are slowly rolled back, uh, just this past week, the CBC changed their their ruling on uh, on like vaccine status. So basically, the CDC is now recommending that uh, vaccinated people basically have the same rules as unvaccinated people. Which I don't know what. Uh, again, that's also I feel like a political decision. That's probably not has a scientific basis, just based on how most of these decisions are made in general. Um, but right now, CDC, who I think has more resources than Canadian public health, um, is saying basically we should treat the unvaccinated the same way as we treat the vaccinated from their medical public health point of view. That should have been always everyone's point of view from a human being point of view, but that's a lot to ask. Um, so... I'm sure the C CDC has some line about how all of the science has changed or whatever, but the reality is I don't think there was any... There, there is no scientific basis for any of these rules. There are opinions by scientists, but they're not well-reasoned. I've, I've picked apart many of them on this show. I have not really gone into the weeds of travel-based restrictions, but... Where we're at now in August 2022, um, the story on the vaccines has changed, even like the official narrative of it. When, when I got it and when they were first rolled out, we were, basic, we were told very explicitly, this will stop you from getting COVID. And in the extreme rare case where maybe some COVID slips through, it won't be serious. That has mostly gone out the window um for sure the uh you won't catch covid because you keep seeing all of these uh you know big politicians and celebrities and news people saying the the exact same public relations tweet i test despite being quadruple boosted whatever i tested positive for covid but i'm so glad that i got the booster it would have been so much worse Basically, they that's that's the line. Um, 
right now, nobody is seriously saying that it stops you or even reduces your chance of catching the disease. I don't think that's even controversial to say anymore. Um, the The idea that it reduces the worst possible outcomes is still kind of part of the official line, and I, I don't know. I'm not sure, like... Uh, Given all the other stuff that public health has been in, and the science, trademark, has been incorrect about this whole time, I mean, I got my first two shots, and at the time, I did it mostly because I figured these mandates were coming, and that I had concert tickets to go see something in the States that I wanted to go to, and, uh, you know, it was called a conspiracy theory at the time, but people were talking about having, you know, having a having COVID, like vaccine passports and stuff to go into restaurants. At a certain point, not that long before it happened, everybody was like, "That's crazy!" Of course, that's not going to happen. So the the claim that it even reduces the seriousness of the disease, just as a personal non doctor. Uh, I'm suspicious of the claim, given all of the other stuff that we've had. We've have pretty definitive answers. It's not is not so much the case anymore. So so anyway, this this article has been making its way around the the Telegraph article. I think is well, it came out after this. So this original blog post kind of made made a bit of a stir on the internet's. And uh, then, anyway, then eventually that that Telegraph uh, article was written. So, when I was doing my research on this, um, this is the uh, the article that uh, that was way more prominent in the search results than the actual articles. Um, I tried to find uh, I tried to find the um, the original, the one about Trudeau's tyranny. I could not find that on Google. I don't know if it's what's what the story is on that. I'm not going to buy a subscription for the Telegraph just to read that article. Um, but I did see this come up. So from PressProgress.ca, a very prestigious website that I've never heard of. That doesn't again that I've never heard of it doesn't mean that it's not worth listening to. Um, so they've got this article called, uh, right wing sources are spreading misinformation about a court battle over Canada's vaccine mandates. And then the kind of subtitle here is original court documents tell a different story than the one contained in a viral blog post from a convoy friendly national post columnist. So before we even get into the, the fact checking article, just, it, it's kind of hard to go back um, once you kind of know what stuff. Like the f- right wing being the first thing that's that's mentioned. So first off, that this is being spread around by right wing people is the implication here is that by default, well, right wing people are sp- spreading it so that it must be extra bad. I. I don't know what's happened in the last, like, it, it's normal for, and I was one of them, where, like, young people and, you know, bleeding heart types um, have the assumption that, you know, anything that is right-wing political is evil, when that's kind of half the population, and 
certainly there there are aspects uh political takes that i guess you would call right wing that are not good uh just like there are left wing ones but to the, this whole this kind of idea that anything that's right wing by default is bad especially from like in major news coverage seems weird like i don't consider myself a conservative um but i'm i'm sympathetic to some right wing stuff i'm also sympathetic to many left wing things but th- this whole thing of well it's right wing so i'm i'm surprised they haven't put like right wing extremists or ex- the far right or something like that those are kind of the dog whistle words that are a signal this is something that can be dismissed um they're spreading misinformation again the word misinformation is kind of loaded but anyway that's the idea that they're calling it misinformation in the title on the fact check which spoiler alert if we go down they find to be misleading um i mean obviously there's it's not like they have this title and then they find out actually it's pretty true um and uh anyway they they tell a different story than the one from a convoy friendly national post columnist so they're just throwing that out this person was convoy friendly so there's right wing misinformation it's about vaccines and this person was friendly to the convoy so this is this is a no-no person we shouldn't listen um and uh, I, I also like how the top tweet here is uh, Pierre Polyevre, as if, I mean, it's almost as if uh, the Conservative Party is controlled opposition. They want to promote them, because they would prefer this guy than, than my best friend, Maxime Bernier. But anyway, I'm politically non-binary. Uh, so anyway, the claim, uh, National Post columnist claims newly released court documents, quote, reveal that there was no scientific basis to Canada's vaccine mandates in the transportation sector, uh, writing on an American blog site, which throw that out. This is a Canadian website, so call it an American blog site, which is kind of the <laughs> throwing some shade. Uh, National Post columnist Rupa Subramanya uh, shared excerpts from thousands of pages of court documents in a legal challenge against Canada's vaccine mandate covering the transportation in a blog titled, I already read that to you, uh, the challenge is being led by several parties, including People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier, uh, Newfoundland's former premier Brian Peckford, who is a pro-convoy advocate. Just make sure that you... I'm not sure what the the convoy... I mean, it is relevant, I guess. Um, as well as a number of other anti-vaccine mandate activists. At least they're spe- specifying that it's a mandate that people have problem with, not the actual vaccine. Which, I mean, the, the, the information is piling up. Um, but among the evidence, Subramanya presents to make her case for the unscientific basis of the mandate are short excerpts from an affidavit as well as hours of cross-examination testimony from a Transport Canada official who oversaw the implementation of the department's vaccine mandate policy. 
Subramanya alleges the documents show the public servant admitting they keep calling this person a public servant, which I'm not sure what that means, but it stands out to me as odd. Uh, admitting under oath that there was no science involved in the development of the policy, insinuating that the entire policy policy was engineered to help win a snap election. Um, if you're seeing the video, you can see the liberal use of quotation marks in this. Um, the blog uses out-of-context quotes and citations to advance misleading explanations for how the vaccine mandate, among the many grievances of the leaders of the 2022 convoy occupation of Ottawa, came into existence. So, right out the gate, this convoy is bad, this person likes convoy, therefore opinion is bad. Uh, we've got some screenshots of tweets from uh, Rupa and PP, the conservative man. Um... So we get to the rating, this fact check website, you know, they sat down, they got all their test tubes ready and all the dials were going and oh, turns out this article was misleading. Uh, Subramanya's claim that the court documents revealed Transport Canada's vaccine mandate policy had no scientific basis is misleading and contradicted by her own source documents. While the original court documents Subramania cites are authentic, her blog leaves out key details, uses out-of-context quotes, and contains factual inaccuracies. Taken together, these present misleading impressions of Transport Canada's testimony and evidence. <sighs> Shocking claims here. So, uh, so if this is where we're, we're starting... So you would think the obvious counter to this would be, oh, here's all of the the scientific reasons for the mandate. Let's throw where the, I don't see those articles. Even if that's if you want to argue that that's not the job of this uh, of this particular fact check article, but if I wanted to debunk such a misleading claim, I would come ready with. Well, this person's saying there was no scientific basis, but here is the scientific basis. Um, so it says, leaves out key details. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll find out some of the key details. Um, out of context quotes. So this should present us with the full context. And uh, it contains factual inaccuracies. So let's, let's pick those apart. Shall we press progress? Um, well, let's uh, hang on a second. Let's uh, let's take a quick break for a uh, for a, a very brief uh, station ID while I get myself a sip of water before we continue. Community boy, you can put whatever uh, slant on it you like, but if you want to say your name and that you're listening to uh, 107.3 local FM. Well, how about that? My water bottle is empty. Got got a couple of drops, so moistened up a little bit. Maybe maybe let's um, let's uh, let's play another uh, let's play another song to uh 
to uh, let me uh, go fill up my water bottle. Let's uh, let's let's play something short. Let's do uh, just play the hip hop track. Let's play let's play some peanut butter kisses by King Garbage on St. John Forward Radio, and then uh, I'll be back in uh, three and a half minutes. <laughs> Peanut butter. Oh. 
Peanut Butter Kisses by King Garbage here on St. John Forward Radio. Now that I've got my whistle wetted, let's get back into uh, the Vortex before I switch over to... Uh... So anyway, we're on this fact check article. Um, so first off, we've, we've, got to, uh, we've got to slander the author. So in the About the Source uh, section, fir- first thing... If you want to debunk somebody's opinion, the first thing you need to do is say all of the the bad people that like her and that she likes. Um, so Rupa Subramanya is a columnist with the National Post and a contributor to the right-wing media outlet True North. Uh, Subramanya, who is often identified as a, quote, in- economist in media appearances, and admits she is not even a journalist, is also affiliated with a number of right-wing pro-business think tanks. I mean, like, is right-wing pro-business think tank? I mean, is... Okay. Including the McDonald laurier Institute and the Mumbai-based Observer Research Foundation. So is... I don't see how this article is uh, helping any of... Anyway, uh, during the convoy occupation of Ottawa, we're back to this, uh, Subramanya was outspoken on Twitter and in the National Post in support of the convoy. How dare she? Uh, during one press conference with convoy leaders, Subramanya... That's, that's probably how to say it, right? Subramanya compared Canada to tin pot dictatorships which I'm not sure what that means, at a fundraising gala for the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, uh, Subramanya was photographed warmly embracing convoy organizer Tamara Litch shortly after the right-wing charity gave Litch its annual Freedom Award. Subramanya's article was published on a Substack blog run by former New York Times opinion editor Barry Weiss, who often promotes right-wing culture war topics, including railing against cancel culture and celebrating figures among the so-called intellectual dark web. So there's a lot to unpack there. First off, I noticed... So, um, first off, they're saying she's an economist, as if that's a problem. I think the implication is which maybe they get to later, that uh, she's saying that none of these people have a medical background, and neither do you, as if every journalist needs to be, I don't know, what kind of, you should have some background in what you're talking about. Um, but it says, uh, not even a journalist, so I, I clicked on that, which uh, this damning evidence from, uh, from Rupa's uh, Twitter account uh, where she's responding to uh, a tweet that I can't even see. I don't know who, what it was. Somebody must have got banned or they deleted it. But anyway, they went deep in the com. This is several comments deep on somebody else's post from what it looks like, uh, where Rupa says, I'm not even a journalist, to be honest. Am an opinion columnist doing this on my own because I live in the city and curious about the convoy. So she's not pretending like uh, given the state that the world's in, I don't know if somebody who went to journalism school and works for a giant corporation is really 
the best person to be giving us information. But anyway. And, you know, we, we know association with, oh my gosh, can you believe she took a picture with Tamara Litch, who was an organizer for a peaceful protest against mandates which have since been lifted because either politics or because they were now not justified or maybe never were. Anyway, um, how it spread. So now we've got to talk about who shared it. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, Pierre Polyevra shared it, uh, Maxime Bernier shared it, Leslin Lewis, another conservative, uh, leadership contender, um, shared by Canada Proud, who, anyway, it's, it was shared by all of these no-no people, so therefore it's, it's bad. So, the reality, let's get to it. Um, while the blog post is based on authentic court documents, Subramania's account includes significant omissions and mischaracterizes testimony from a public servant, servant working for Transport Canada. Again, I feel like they keep throwing public servant out because, like, this is a good person, public servant, versus this right-wing non-journalist. Subramania did not respond to a list of questions from Press Progress highlighting inaccuracies and omissions from her reporting. I've never, I don't know, why would you answer this website that I've never heard of? Um, from Press Progress highlighting inaccuracies and omissions in her reporting, despite multiple requests for comments, including blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I've never heard of Press Progress. I have heard of Barry Weiss. I'm not a close follower of her, but from what I understand, she was a pretty well-respected journalist until she stopped having the opinion that she was supposed to have over COVID. When she went out on her own, she left the New York Times. And, yeah, she talks about culture war stuff because people are warring over culture stuff. So talking about talking about the topic doesn't make i don't think barry weiss is would call herself right wing that's not how she identifies i don't think um but uh anyway just talking about the topic of cancel culture i guess makes you a right wing person i don't know so misleading claim number one so it says that there's no scientific basis so um so, uh, tra transport, apparently somebody asked transport Canada about this claim that it was developed without any scientific basis and transport Canada says, uh, that it relies quote relies on the public health guidance provided by federal health partners, notably the public health agency of Canada, PHAC to inform its policy work. So, Whoever's writing this is doesn't understand the difference between making a rule with a scientific basis versus we consulted with this other bureaucratic health science agency that doesn't that still doesn't really give any evidence. It says that they talked to public health, which this is something that comes up a lot in this fact check, where we consult with these other government agencies that have science credentials. Nobody ever says kind of what the specific, you know, this is, we specifically said this is why you need to have a mandate. Oh, we took that and then we had a mandate. That's not really how this is framed. 
Um, it says, uh, quote, the team worked very closely with key federal departments, such as the Public Health Agency of Canada, Health Canada. Anyway, they just keep saying, we consulted with another government agency. Uh, still, that doesn't make it a scientific basis. Uh, Transport Canada's statement is supported. Yep, nobody's denying that they consulted with these other departments. That's not in the article. Uh, court documents show Transport Canada received multiple reports from uh, PHAC uh, updating the department on the latest scientific findings about COVID-19 and the effectiveness of vaccines. So they're getting press releases, basically, from other government departments about how bad COVID is and how good vaccines are. The claim of the blog post was specifically about the travel mandates. So she, the claim that they're not doing a very good job of disputing was that there's no scientific basis for these travel mandates specifically, not about that. The vaccine is awesome or whatever, or that COVID is bad. Um, so uh, Subramania also failed to note that the Attorney General of Canada argued it was a mischaracterization of the public service. Anyway, this is what the Attorney General says. Uh, the applicants state that neither the Public Health Agency of Canada nor Health Canada recommended making vaccines a precondition to travel. This is a, they're not saying it's wrong, but they're saying this is a mischaracterization of Jennifer Little's evidence. Indeed, throughout her cross-examination, she repeatedly stated that Transport Canada had discussions with and sought advice from PHAC to inform decision-making, including the lead-up to the August 13th, 2021 announcement, such as Exhibit E to her affidavit. Anyway, so... They're saying, well, there was scientific basis because we consulted all these other science departments. Misleading claim number two. Transport Canada's vaccine mandate was created by a secretive government panel with no website whose name appears almost nowhere in government records. So their counter to this is, uh, we've got this. Oh, we've got, uh, we've got one paragraph buried deep within this this one page on the government website for the security and safety and security group uh one of the bullet points is covid recovery where hey look there's a paragraph that says this department is in charge of public health stuff for transport anyway i'm not we were running short on time so i'm not going to get too deep into that i mean Misleading. Number two is that this is to pick apart her characterization of this as like a secret government group because they found this one paragraph buried deep in the internet. Anyway, wow. Uh, misleading claim number three. No one in the COVID recovery unit had any formal education in epidemiology, medicine, or public health. Um, so anyway, this is basically saying, why should they have any, they consult with the people in these other departments that in theory do have 
credentials. Anyway, that's pretty much the whole claim there. Um, they're saying these people are making decisions on travel mandates, and they don't need to have any background, which is not untrue. They're saying it is misleading, to be fair. Um, misleading claim number four. Public servants refused to reveal who had directed the COVID recovery unit to impose the travel mandate, including possibly the prime minister himself. So this is this one. I'll give it to them. This, the wording of it in the uh, in the blog post, it it makes. Um, it makes a claim about uh, what's what's the quote? It said something about um, how uh, how uh, the decision they she couldn't she couldn't discuss it because it was like a confidence thing, which imply or cabinet confidence, which the blog post is making the leap that that means that somebody in Trudeau's cabinet is involved, maybe even Trudeau himself, which I mean. Who they they may be exaggerating that, and again, I'm not going to read through. They've got the whole conversation here, which I read. So the the public servant said that they were not at liberty to share certain information due to cabinet confidence, which that's political interference. I don't know how else how else to put it. Um, so anyway, there there's they do there is a little bit of hyperbole and kind of running with with that comment, which could mean something else. Misleading claim number five: that Transport Canada was scrambling two days before implementing its vaccine mandate to invent a rationale for the policy. So. Being short on time, you can read this for yourself to get more details. But this is basically saying that these emails don't mean anything. They were just looking for to get, quote, updated data. So this fact check article is taken as a, as a default that they had good information. They were just looking for the most up-to-date data to justify this. So... Anyway, I, I read through this whole thing. So this this one stands out as particularly problematic as a fact check. Because th they're saying, which may be the case, but at least the emails that were in the blog post, I'll just read it directly to you. Tell me if this sounds like somebody who is about to pass a mandate, already has really good rock-solid scientific evidence, but is just looking for a new update. Uh, one person says, uh, to the extent that the updated data exist, doesn't sound confident, or that there is clearer evidence of the safety benefit of vaccination on the users or other stakeholders of the transportation system, it would be helpful to assist Transport Canada supporting its measures. So I'm not sure what context that would have to be in where... For, to the extent that the updated data exists. So to me, I read that my personal take as a person who speaks English. If there's good evidence that this will be a benefit to anybody involved, can we let that would help us out in supporting this mandate that we're about to pass. That's what it sounds like to me. And then there's another email that says our requirements come in on October 30th, which was a little over a week past when this was sent. So need something fairly soon. So 
sure, maybe those two emails were taken out of context, but that sounds like the mandate's coming. Do we have anything that will justify this? Please, anybody. That seems like what it's asking for. But maybe it's taken out of context. This doesn't do a good job of explaining to me why I shouldn't come to the conclusion that I did. So, anyway, you can read it for yourself, though. Misleading, how many of these? This is the last one. Misleading Claim 6, the Canadian Medical Association Journal published a report that supported the idea that Canada had the most, quote, draconian COVID-19 restrictions in the world, which is just not even true. If we find the uh, the relevant segment there, the the quote is that, well, first off, she's just giving her own opinion that it was draconian and sweeping. There's no quotation marks around that. And then later, it says the Canadian Medical Association Journal said, quote, Canada had among the most sustained stringent policies regarding restrictions on internal movement. So the final claim just is nonsense. So anyway, that's... That's pretty much that. Um, if I if I think of it, I'll put a I'll put a link to the article in the show description. But you can do a search for that. Right wing sources are spreading misinformation about court case. Blah blah blah. You can it's it's down at the bottom of the screen if you're watching video. Anyway, uh, a whole bunch of I don't know if the blog post is true, but the fact checker is hot garbage, and I'm. It's just one more bullet point on the long list of this was all a political decision. Um, there's other stuff recently that come out about the from the convoy investigation that I don't have time to get into right now. Um, but uh, that's all that stuff. So anyway, just so, some stuff to, to watch out for when you see these fact check articles. Read the article and try to, I don't know, make sense of it. And... I mean, the fact-check articles, most of the ones that I see are not very well-reasoned and are even more hyperbolic than the stuff that it's trying to, that it's trying to fact-check. So, anyway, I thought that was interesting. I don't know if you did either, but if you would rather hear me do comedy than uh, talk about politics and mandates and stuff, come out to No Jokes Bard! Thursday, August 18th at McGill's show starts at 8 o'clock on the button, so come check that out. There's a bunch of people. Uh, should be a fun show, and then uh, next week I'm on the uh, the Pub Down Under and uh, the Five and Dime, I think. So uh, you, can, uh, you can check those out. But in the meantime, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening.